Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. Okay, if you got your Bible, could you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? We'll look at a couple of verses and then I'll get into the text. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, reading from verse 1. Now brothers, I want to clarify for you the gospel I proclaim to you. You received it and have taken your stand on it. You were also saved by it if you hold on to the message I proclaim to you unless you believed for no purpose. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time, most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one abnormally born. He also appeared to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But God's grace but by God's grace, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not ineffective. However, I worked more than any of them, yet not I, but God's grace that was with me. Therefore, whether it is I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have believed. I've entitled the message, The Gospel, because within 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the gospel is men mentioned over there, okay? And uh, we will just pick up from verse by verse as we go, go along. Some of you might be familiar with, with the preacher called Billy Sunday. He was a tent preacher in the U.S. He would go from town to town, city to city, and uh, preaching the gospel. Set up the tent, invite people, preach the gospel. He went to a town, and... Uh, uh, People who met him there, they said, uh, Billy, you got to go and meet the mill manager and you got to invite him for your meetings. So he said, okay, I'll go because nobody liked the mill manager. He was a drunkard. He was abuser, proud, arrogant man. But Billy Sunday went, he knocked on the door and he said, hi, I'm Billy Sunday. I'm a preacher and I'm come to invite you to the, our tent meetings. The, the mill manager was pouring a glass of whiskey. He went to the window, he took the whiskey and he chucked it out of the window. He said, I won't come. There are too many hypocrites in the church. Billy Sunday turned to him and said, and so is hell. And if you don't want to be with them forever, you might as well come to church and be with them for a short time. <laughs> he said, I won't come. Billy Sunday said, if you go home tonight and the dog bites you, will you kick your wife? And then Billy Sunday just left. The meeting started. The mill manager did come for the meeting. Billy Sunday preached the message. He gave the, the, the altar call at the end. And he said, anyone who wants to accept Christ, come forward. The first person to jump over the chairs and get to Billy Sunday was the mill manager. 
Billy Sunday says, I don't know how he jumped over the chairs without falling down and breaking his back. He gave his life to Christ. But as a result of that, 40 people in the mill gave their life to Christ. The power of the gospel. So I have four points I want to share with you. The first is, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. You might have heard that quote before, but it's worth you know, reminding ourselves. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. That's where it all starts. In Luke chapter 15, you know, there's a lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. All three were lost, but they didn't know it. And in, the, in the, the, the story of the lost son, the son, the younger son, he comes to the father and he says, Father, give me my inheritance. He says, you know, in any culture, more so the Jewish culture, it was unheard of, of a son to come to the father and say, give me my inheritance. Why? Because I think in any culture, only, it's only after the father dies you get the inheritance. So in other words, to say, give me my inheritance, it means I wish you were already dead. But the father, he took the inheritance, he divided it between the sons, and he gave it to the younger son. The question, sometimes we got to ask questions as we read scripture. Why did the father give it? I believe the son's heart was not at home. The son's heart was not with the father. And the father knew if he didn't give the inheritance, the, the son was anyway going to go. He was anyway going to go away. And so out of a deep love for the son, he divided the inheritance and gave it to the son. The Bible says that he took the inheritance. It must have been a lot of wealth. He took it and went away into far city. I think that was a clever idea. If you want to mess around, you don't mess around in your own city. You go far away. So your family doesn't know. Your friends don't know. You know, nowadays you have Facebook and whatnot, all this. You know, but so the people go in a faraway city to have the best life they can. And so the son gathered it, went away into a far city. The Bible says that he spent all his wealth on wild living. You've got to stretch your imagination now to find out what is wild living. Some, uh, some version says he spent all his inheritance on foolish living. And so in that time, that culture, probably wasted on friends, parties, girls. In today's context, it would be the same thing, but can go a little further on alcohol, on drugs, and whatnot, wasted everything. The question we got to ask is, what happened? Why did he leave a comfort of the home? Why did he go far away and spend everything? What was it in the heart? You know, Blaise Pascal, the French scientist said, he said, within every man's heart is a God-shaped hole. And if he does not fill it with God, he will fill it with everything else. Everything else that does not bring meaning or purpose to life. And for the, for the younger son, it was a downhill slope. And he didn't know it as, as well until he spent everything. And the Bible says, then he came to his senses. 
People know with wealth that wealth can't bring happiness. His wealth could not bring him happiness. His wild living could not bring him the happy, happiness. Young people know it. That if there's no meaning and there's no purpose in life, it is a lonely road, a lonely journey. You know, as the famous song by UB40, I don't know how many UB40 fans here, maybe very few, but UB40 said, oh yeah, there's one hand there. UB40, there's a, lovely, there's a song that said, I, I still haven't found, you know, what I'm looking for. You know that line? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I've searched high and, you know, low. I've searched everywhere, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Probably the prodigal son did that. Went everywhere, spent everything. And in the end, he realized, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Man is lost without God, and he, and he still doesn't know it. I'm looking for purpose in life, meaning in life. I'm still searching. Is there a deep hunger within your heart that you're searching for meaning and purpose in life and still haven't found it as yet? There's only one, one answer to that. Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The young man in Luke 15 was lost. It's later on when he came to his sense, he said, I will arise and go back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no more worthy to be called son. The father's waiting, longing and waiting on that road. And the moment the son comes, the, the father runs to him to receive him and accept him back. But the father, he does something. He, he gives the best robe. He puts the ring on his finger. In other words, he gives him an identity. He gives him a purpose and he restores him back to the family. That's what God does. That's what God does to every individual who's looking for meaning and purpose of life. But how is it done? Uh, which is my next point. The gospel is good news. If you ask people, what is the gospel? And they probably give you many answers. And it's probably true. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In other words, the gospel is about Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul in Romans 1, verse 1 to 4, Paul said, Paul, a bond servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul saying, I've been set apart. God set apart, you know, me. Made me an apostle for what? For the gospel. And uh, Paul gave his life to preaching the gospel. The good news about Jesus Christ. So the, the gospel is about Jesus Christ. In in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, verse 3, which we just read, Paul, just a 
just wraps up what the gospel is. The gospel. So we, sometimes we can share our testimony. I said that, that will impact people. Yeah, testimony is good because it, it tells what Jesus Christ has done for you. But the gospel is about Jesus Christ. And here the gospel in a nutshell, it says, Christ died for our sins according to scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to scripture. Let me read that again. Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. You have to ask now a couple of questions. If you're sitting here and you're not yet a Christian, and I mean not yet a born-again Christian, you don't have a relationship with Christ Jesus, you must be asking the question, why did Christ, why did Jesus, the Son of God, have to die on the cross? That's one of the questions you need to ask. The second question is, what is sin? You know, in different cultures, different contexts, people don't believe there is sin. They believe sin is outside, not within. We are a product, a product of our circumstance. And they blame everything on circumstance. Blame everything on somebody else except themselves. You heard that? You know, we have, we have three children. And I trust we've taught them good values. We've trained them well. But when they were little, they would fight with, with each other from time to time. We wonder where did that come from? We haven't taught them. I haven't. Pixie hasn't done that. We haven't taught them to fight. But they, they fight and we wonder what happened. It's the nature, the sin nature that's operating within. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. And again, Romans 6 verse 23, it says that for the wages of sin, in other words, the payment of sin is death. And Jesus said in, in Mark 7 verse 21, he says, for, for from people's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murder. It comes from within the heart. Not from outside. You know, I, I remember many, many years ago, I was just listening to the message on the Ten Commandments. And when I came to the first commandment, he said, well, I love God. I'm okay over there. Next commandment, I don't worship idols. I'm okay over there. And then I said, when, when it came to murder, I said, well, I didn't murder anybody, so I didn't come, I break this command. You know, I thought for a moment until I kept hearing because when you come into the New Testament, Jesus said, if you're angry with your brother, you've committed murder. And I, God, I, I repent. I mean, I've been angry with so many people over the years. Forgive me. You know, and, I, and as I went through the Ten Commandments, I realized that I have broken almost everyone. Why? Because it's the sin nature, the sinful heart. And sin is from within the heart of, of man. The Bible says there's no one who seeks after God. No, not one. And that's why the gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came to rescue and to save. What man could not do. And when I say man, both include man and woman. What man could not do. God came through Jesus Christ to rescue and to save. Which leads me to my next point. 
Jesus Christ, I'm still on the second point. He offers forgiveness, but he also rebuilds our lives and brings us into a relationship with God. And that is why Paul said in, in Romans 1 verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the power and I'm sure you heard many stories of just people hearing the gospel, the good news. Lives have been changed. Even hardened criminals, lives have been changed through the gospel of Christ Jesus. But even more interesting and more precious is verse 17. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Because it's such a precious truth. For it says, for in the gospel, a righteousness of God is revealed. What does it mean? Let me unpack that for you. For in the gospel, a righteousness of God is revealed. The Good News Bible states it. For the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. And let me just unpack this, this verse. We know that God is holy. God is just. God is righteous. But man is a sinner. Man is separated from a holy God. God cannot look upon sin. Man is separated from God. Man is an enemy of God because of the holiness of God. So what is God to do? The Bible says and God said the man, the soul that sin will die. So man is separated from God. There is spiritual death. Jesus Christ comes as a man, lives life, a perfect life, goes to the cross, takes the sins of the world. The Bible says he became sin for us who knew no sin. So he takes the sin upon himself, dies on the cross. God has condemned sin. And therefore, therefore when a man or woman comes to the cross of Christ Jesus, and when he comes and he recognizes and he repents that he's a sinner or she's a sinner and says, God, Jesus, I repent of my sin. Would you come into my life? He receives forgiveness of sins. It's through the cross. It's through the cross. It's through the cross that God justifies a sinner. That's what Romans 1 verse 17 it says. For in the gospel, God, God, it's revealed how God's put people right with him. It's through the gospel. And so it was so precious. And that's how at the gospel preaching, lives have been changed. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter spoke, said, repent and believe the gospel. Repent, believe the good news. What does it say? 3,000 were added to the church. At the gospel preaching. And as you go to the book of Acts, again, at the preaching of the word, lives have been changed. Destiny, the destiny of man and woman have been changed. The gospel is good news to the sinner, but it's also good news to the Christian as, as well. It's such good news. My third point is the blessings that come from the gospel. You know, as you read the Bible, there are so many blessings, so many. Uh, you, you just keep discovering. You never run, you know, you doesn't exhaust yourself of reading the Bible and discovering the wonderful names of God and the blessings uh, that God gives us. But I've just taken a few. 
from, from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. It says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Today people live, uh, you know, sometimes come from broken home, they feel rejected. Not wanted. Society doesn't want them. So they feel there's a rejection in the heart. Then comes the rebellion and rebelling against society, authority, and there's a rebellion. But the Bible says, if you want to know, that God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. I remember reading an article where a young girl, she was, she was really said, God, when did you choose me? She was, she was asking the question. And then her eyes fell on Ephesians chapter 1, verse, verse 4. God said, I chose you before the foundation of the world. Verse, verse 5 of Ephesians, it says that we have been adopted into the family of God. That's a precious truth again. How does God bring us into the family of God? It's through adoption. We are adopted into the family of God. Verse 6 says that we are the beloved children of God. Do you know that you are the beloved? That means God loves you dearly. You are the apple of his eye. You are a beloved child. Verse, verse 7, it says, We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his sin. That word redemption is such a precious word because in the ancient culture, a slave could be bought and taken home to serve the master. If he didn't perform his work well, he didn't make his master happy. The slave, same slave could be taken, put back on the slave market, sold again to somebody else, another master. But when the Bible talks of redemption, it means that we have been bought never to be sold in the marketplace again. Never to be sold. That's what the Bible says. You have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ Jesus. All sins forgiven. And how far is this sin separated as far as the east is from the west? You have a north pole, you have a south pole. You have two poles, but you don't have an east pole and a west pole. There's no end to it. And, and God's saying as far as the east is from the west, so far I've removed your sins from you. Verse 13, it says, When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a down payment of our inheritance. That word down payment is a commercial term. If you go to buy a car or you go to buy a house, what do they ask you today? They say, can you give us a down payment? Whether it's 10% or 20%, you give a down payment. And after you give the down payment, then you know what's next. You've got to pull out your checkbook and write checks for the next either one year, two years, depend how many installments. But what are you telling the dealer? You're saying, I'm assuring you that the balance payments are going to come. And I hope you don't default on your payment because you're in trouble then. Yeah? But when you pull out your checkbook and you're saying the payments are coming, you're that's what you're assuring the dealer. And then he can release the documents and the car comes to you or the property or whatever. The Bible is saying that the Holy Spirit is a down payment guaranteeing our inheritance. Well, it's precious promises. Yeah? So as you read the gospel, as you read the Bible, 
I'm asking you, is that the good news about Jesus Christ? It's the good news is just not for the, the first-time Christian, somebody who gives his life to Christ, but the gospel is for everyone as well, even for you. And you've got to remind yourself of the gospel and the good news of all that Jesus Christ has done for you. Yeah, there are so many precious, pre precious promises contained in, in the Bible. And, and my, my, my last point is, go and spread the gospel. Now having received, having received, having known the truth about the gospel, Jesus says, go to all the nations and preach the gospel to all creation. Mark chapter uh, 16 verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And I wish I could just stop there and not read the next verse. Verse 16 says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. You know, if you work in an office, if you work in the business world, you know you have to keep appointments. You know? I've been in the business world for a long time. I still am. But there are appointments, and I always like to be early for an appointment. I always like to be five minutes, ten minutes early for an appointment. If I'm late, I will call the person. Very rarely I'm late, but I'll always call the person and say, I'm late, I'm stuck in traffic or whatever. I will be there at this time. So I will make sure I tell the person I will be in this time. But I always like to be early. My father was like, he'd always be early for an appointment. Even to church, always early. Yeah? And sometimes what happens if we don't like and to meet somebody in an appointment, whatever, we duck the appointment, right? Can get off, make excuses, duck the appointment. I'm not well, or, or what? I give some reason, send somebody else for the appointment. But there's one appointment we all have to come. We cannot duck it. We cannot avoid it. The Bible says in Romans, sorry, Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed for men to die and then the judgment. That appointment, nobody can escape. No one will escape that appointment. You will have to stand before God. It's an appointed time. So what is the motivation then that you know, that motivates us to spread the gospel. One is love for God, and then it's love for, for people. Love for God, love for people. I heard this story many, many years ago. It's about Mahesh Chavda. He, used to come, he, he had come to Stoneleigh Bible Week in, 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 the, in UK, and he told this lovely story. It's very interesting, but it's worth repeating. There's this village preacher in Africa going from village to village preaching the gospel. And as he's going one day from village to village, he heard the same word, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He looked around, there's nobody there, just some trees, bush, and he kept walking. He heard the, the word again, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He stood, looked around, there's nobody, he kept walking. He heard it again, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, okay, Lord. You want me to preach? I'll preach. He looked around. He saw some trees. He saw some monkeys on the trees. He started to preach the gospel. Stood in front of the tree and started preaching the gospel. Monkeys were jumping about from branch to branch. And then he finished preaching the gospel. He started to walk. And he heard the voice again said, you haven't finished. He said, now what, Lord, what do I do? 
he said, give the altar call. So he came back, stood in front of a tree, and he, you know, like a good evangelist, he gave the altar call. Monkeys again jumped from branch to branch, some scratching their head. He gave the altar call, and he started to walk. Then he heard some sound behind the bush. He heard some sound. Several ladies came and lined up in, at the side of the road to accept Christ as Savior. You see, in their culture, when a man's there, they normally don't want to come in front. So they were hiding. They heard everything he said. They came to accept Christ Jesus. The, the power of the gospel. The power of the God, it offers hope to society. Yeah, I want to ask you, where are you in this story? You know, we, we spoke about the prodigal, the, the son, where he was searching for meaning of life. He didn't find it. He didn't find it. He was searching everything. Been there, done that, tried this, tried that. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Jesus offers salvation. He offers you a new life, a relationship with God. If you feel that God's saying, the Holy Spirit's saying, you need to accept Christ, then today is the time. Today is the moment. But you've been, sometimes you could be a Christian for many, many years. Come to church, sing the songs, read the Bible, say the right things, but deep down in your heart, you know you've lost the joy of your salvation. It's possible. Sometimes the pressures of life can come and just choke the very life of God. Come and just choke it, the pressures of life, that you just lose the joy of your salvation. You just go through the motions. It's possible. I'm reminded of Zechariah. You know, the Bible says he was devout, he was faithful, he obeyed all the commandments of God in Luke. I think it's Luke chapter 2. He obeyed everything. And when the angel came to him and said, Zachariah, your prayers have been answered. You're going to have a child. What was his response to the angel? The angel said, I stand before God and I've come to tell you that you're going to have a child. What was the response? He said, how can this be? The man was doing everything right. He's been worshipping. And yet something was lost. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It can happen to Christians as well. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Where you've been going for a long time and you said, yeah, I know it's true, I know, but it's not my experience. Can I encourage you? Hold on to God. He is faithful. He will never abandon his people. He will never. He will never abandon his people. He's always there. And then Zachary said, how can it be? The angel said, because you didn't believe my word, my word will come true at the appointed time. But because you didn't believe, you will be dumb and not be able to speak. And then you know the rest of the story. Yeah? So if you're on that place, you've been a Christian a long time, but you've lost the joy of your salvation, then the message is for you as well. Yeah? Come to Christ. And, and say, God, do a new work in my life. Change me from the inside. Fill me with the joy of my salvation that I know it once again.
Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. Thank you.